This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to the How to Be a Better Person podcast, where I share something small you can do every day to make a difference in yourself and the world. I'm Kate, your host and the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast is all about motivation, how to find it and how to keep it. New Year's is typically a peak in motivation for most of us, but after a year like 2020, I don't know about you, but mostly what I have been feeling is tired. (laughs) So I chose this theme to help remind me and us of all the things that we can do to get ourselves inspired. Today, I'm interviewing Haley Krischer. Haley is a journalist and a frequent contributor to the New York Times. She's also the author of a fabulous new young adult novel, Something Happened to Allie Greenleaf, a book that Haley worked on for years. I'm excited to talk to her today because I know she's got some great insights to share on how to get motivated and stay that way over the long term. Haley, welcome to How to Be a Better Person. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. It's just great to have you here. So you just came out with an amazing YA novel, Something Happened to Allie Greenleaf, that's getting great reviews, including in the New York Times. How long did you work on this book? Oh my goodness. I've worked on this book, and I don't want to scare anybody, but I have worked on this book for about 20 years. Okay. Um, So it was not an overnight thing. And I have a, I'm sorry, but my dog starts barking. Uh, there's been many, many iterations of it. It started when I was uh, in college. I start, it started as a short story. And it was just one of those things that I just couldn't get out of my mind. And so I just kept coming back to it. And I think it was just after a perfect example of how you really sort of have to listen to yourself. And if, if your mind keeps telling you, I, I want to do this, I have to keep exploring this. And I think it's important to keep doing that. Absolutely. But you know, the thing is, is that anytime we're working on something that's important to us and maybe keeps coming back to us in the middle of the night, but it's not that urgent, you know, in the same way that things like day jobs and parenting can be, it's easy to lose focus or even try to talk ourselves out of devoting time and energy to that thing. So how did you stay in touch with your motivation over that time period? 20 years. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard um, to have boundaries when you have kids and, you know, working from home as a freelance writer, it's, it's very hard to tell yourself, I have to do this. But I, and I think when my kids were little, I used to, you know, write when they were taking naps, you know? Um, and so then I, I started getting very good at writing in short periods of time um, because I had to. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I think the truth really is, is you have to have dedicated time. And so you, you have to be able to say to yourself 
and get sort of, um, you have to be able to get sort of a schedule, I think, because if you're just going to willy nilly kind of tell yourself, oh, now is a good time to write. For me personally, that just never really worked. Sometimes I had to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I, you either need a friend or a sitter, you know, if you have children to help out. It doesn't just happen by itself. It really has to happen because you're setting your mind to it and you're telling yourself, I can do this. Right. Can we dive in a little bit more to that telling yourself, I can do this? Because I think in order to be able to find the time to have the discipline to sit down and think like, oh, this is when I'm going to do it this week, you know, or the kids are napping. Oh, this is my chance. I'm going to sit down and do it. I think that there's kind of this hurdle you have to have overcome in the first place, which is that this matters to me and I got to do it. And do you have insight on how you did that for yourself? Like, how did you prioritize it over, say, pitching an article that would bring in some money instead? You know, this is kind of a longer term kind of on spec thing. I definitely think it's important to use tools that are already out there. For instance, um, the no- in November, there's a writing program that is on the internet. Um, it's called November Write More, I think. Um, and you, you write, your, the idea is that you're supposed to write a book within a month. I personally don't think that's possible, mm-hmm. but lots of people do. And I think I definitely started using some of those prompts to um, help me so that when I sat down, I had specifically a job. Um, For me, it's if I have a job in my head, this is what I have to work on, um, then I can I can really focus. Um, I also did um, Jamie Attenberg's 1000 words of summer um, and she it was a very simple premise for two weeks. You write 1000 words a day. And, you know, sometimes those words have to just be really crappy words. You have to really have a lot of forgiveness for yourself as a writer and just a person and have compassion for that, for yourself and your process that not everything is going to come out. And most things, in fact, 99% of it is not going to come out great when you first do it. It's going to come up very messy and sloppy and you kind of have to allow yourself to get into that phase um, and into that place where, okay, I'm just writing and it's going to get down on paper and it might not look great, but I need to be able to just get it, get it out there. And so I think that that's, um, that's, that's a huge piece to this. Absolutely. So kind of diving into this, you said, I, if I had a job, I could sit down and do it. I mean, setting out to write a novel is a pretty big goal, right? It's like saying, I'm going to eat an elephant. How did you break it up so that you didn't get overwhelmed? Yeah, that is such a good question because after you're writing for something for so long, you have so much material. And I think this question is almost better suited to my second novel that I've written which um, I started writing, I guess, probably a year and a half ago or so. Um, And I had to really sit down and put down note cards um, and and just start plotting out uh, the story. I personally found that to be very useful. I know a lot of people will just sit down and um, they'll just start writing. Um, Whatever sort of comes up, they just put it out. Um, But for me, I needed to sort of have 
um, again, like kind of a job. I needed to say, okay, I'm going to write this intro and I am going to uh, write a chapter of something. And, you know, it was, or I'm going to write a character study about this person. And I, I think that you really have to be able to break things down into your mind um, and down on paper, at least for me, that that really works, taking little small tasks instead of an, an enormous task. And even going back to my novel, uh, Allie Greenleaf, I did, you know, since there were so many iterations of it, I did have to print out the book multiple, multiple times and put chapters down on the floor and sort of shuffle it and, and look at it like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, you it's it's very hard to just say, okay, I wrote this entire thing and over this large amount of time and now it's done. It, it's really about cutting, 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 <laughs> editing, 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 pulling your hair out, feeling like you're a boiled hot dog. Um, <laughs> It, it's really, um, it's about coming back to what, to the work and to the process of the work. So yeah, hopefully that is helpful. Definitely. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about brass tacks right after this break. Meditation is something I know helps me feel better, but for most of 2020, I just couldn't find the motivation to actually do it. And then I found Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Their basics program had a series of 10 three-minute meditations that got me back into the meditation habit, even on those days when I felt like I had no time to spare. Whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions that members swear by. Headspace can even help you tune into the moment with focus music, specially curated by Headspace Chief Music Officer John Legend. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com kate. That's headspace.com slash Kate for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Kate today. Okay, Haley, we are talking at the start of the new year and a lot of listeners are thinking about what they want to accomplish in 2021. We're all susceptible to that feeling of, this is too big. I am going to take a nap. I feel like a boiled hot dog. (laughs) I love that phrase. What's something practical someone who's listening can go and do after hearing this episode that gets them started on whatever it is that they want to work on? It might be writing a book, but it might be something totally different, like, I don't know, getting in shape or what have you. You know, Kate, I'll tell you what. I learned this from you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) because you um, were hugely instrumental to me um, learning how to get organized in the workplace, actually. And I think that it's really important to sort of have a list and have a check box next to your your to-do items. And sometimes for me, I'll just even write specific things about about my book. Do I need to uh, look at this one character 
and and try to understand her better. Um, I'll put that down on my to-do list along with um, hang hooks, you know, um, make sure, you know, uh, reread chapter 10, write more about this conflict and take a look at why this conflict is happening in the book. I really believe in going very small and baby steps. And, you know, I tell this to my kids now, you know, we can't solve anything. I don't think in one entire day, I think you have to really be able to break things up. You know, for instance, I thought it was really important to be able to clear my desk off, you know, at the start of the new year and make sure everything on my desk was sort of clear. Of course, now there's, it's piled up with books and two of my to-do lists. But I, I think you have to really start small. You can't, you can't look at an entire book and say, I'm going to write this in a day. Would it be great if you could? It would be amazing. I would love to write a book in a day. <laughs> or a month. That would be amazing. Or a month. Or a month, yes. Or three months. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you have to really, you have to have compassion for yourself. And you have to be able to go slow, you know, and let yourself, let yourself, you know, take the time to do, to do it. So what's your heart best advice for what I think of as the hardest part of the project, which is after you've started, right? You've had the initial head of steam, you made your list with your check boxes, which I love that you still use that. I feel this at this point, I should probably insert that Haley and I worked together many years ago at iVillage.com and it was a wonderful partnership. Sniff, sniff. I loved it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you've made your list, you've started, you've broken the seal, you've got that elation. And then after a little while, it, that elation wears off and the end is still a long ways off. Like what's that, what's that middle part look like for you? How do you keep yourself going through that part? It sounds like you might be in that place right now with the second novel that you started about a year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, the second novel actually is um, in the edit stage right now. Oh, wow. Great. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, but I will say that that is definitely the worst part. It's the, you know, you're kind of in the little hell zone um, where you want to pull your hair out and you're doubting yourself and you've got all the terrible voices in your head that are telling you that you can't do this and that you can't finish and it's too much. And, and I deal with that constantly all the time. Even if I'm writing an article um, as a journalist, you know, the middle I think is just absolutely the hardest part. And I think you just have to keep pushing through it and you have to be able to say to yourself, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep going, you know, um, and my end result is just going to be today. It doesn't have to be my end result is this book. My end result is just today. My end result is this 1,000 words or 500 words or that I've cleared my desk off and that's going to be my process or I took a walk. Um, sometimes, especially during the pandemic and how stressful everything has become, I feel like as a writer, you know, and I have some, my family and my kids and my husband in my house now and it's, you know, when I used to sort of have my house to myself to be able to write and get work done, you really have to kind of get yourself out of your um, comfort zone and um, say, okay, I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to read a book um, if you're stuck. Because I think the middle part is when you get the most stuck. 
So what, what do you need to do for yourself to make, to make that change? Is it take a bath? I know these sounds so simple, but I have to remind myself of those things too. I think we all do. Absolutely. So for folks who want to connect with you and read your awesome book, where can they find you? Um, you can find me at Haley, uh, uh, Twitter or at Instagram. Uh, it's both my handles are both Haley Krischer. And you can also find me at HaleyKrischer.net. My website is there. Um, and my book can be found anywhere. Amazon, independent bookstores, Barnes & Noble, all of those places. Thank you so much, Haley. Thank you, Kate. It was so great talking to you. I loved it. Take care. Hi, it's Kate, back with your tiny assignment. When Haley and I chatted on video before we started recording, she showed me her to-do list, which looked a lot like mine. It was a list of several items with little boxes next to each item. She says she learned it from me back when we worked together. I, in turn, learned it from a friend. And ironically, my seventh grade daughter had proudly showed me her list that looked exactly the same earlier that morning. I can tell you that seeing very clearly what you want to get done and then having a pretty little box next to each item that you can check is very motivating. Yes, you could cross things off a to-do list, but then you don't really have a record of the things you did because you can't see them anymore. Plus, it starts to look messy and might even make it hard to tell which things are still left to be done. Your tiny assignment is to make a list of things to do for the thing you're seeking motivation on and then put a tiny box next to each one. Your mind will just start itching to be able to cross at least one of them off, I promise. And here's a pro tip beyond that basic list, and that is to put a star next to the one or two items that are most important, so that next time you look at the list, you don't even have to decide which thing you're going to do. You can go straight to the starred items. All right, that's it from me today. Come back tomorrow when I'm talking about how to get your butt in gear by thinking about all the ways that not getting going is adding to your discomfort. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you.